1: the sort of very basics of how to build a skincare regimen to me is you're going to start, and this is for all people. And again, the individual product would be altered based on your specific skin or needs, but the overall concept. So generally you would want to cleanse your skin in the morning. Now a note on cleansers is that this is not the place to spend a ton of money. There's plenty of really awesome drugstore cleansers out there. If you are someone that kind of tends to being a little acne prone or greasy, then a foaming cleanser, like La Roche-Posay foaming cleanser is lovely if you tend to be a little bit more dry, like CeraVe hydrating is lovely and can be a little bit hydrating, but the more expensive cleansers are not better. And the reason for that is that this is a super short contact with your skin. This thing is not living in your skin, right? You're putting it on for 30 seconds and rinsing it off. It's job is done very quickly. So you don't really need to spend a ton of money there. So you're going to do a very simple cleanser after which, if you have any medications that you need to use given by your dermatologist, that would go next like an acne medication or something like that. And then after that, your sunscreen. So your sunscreen would be your final layer of whatever you're putting on in the morning, okay? And I actually don't put any sort of cosmetic things on in the morning. If you're feeling very dry, like let's the dead of winter or something like that, you can use a moisturizer in the morning under your sunscreen if needed. And I actually will use an evening moisturizer in the morning and just make it one product. And I'll give you some suggestions for that. At night, you cleanse your face again. If you're wearing a lot of makeup, which um, my goal for my patients is that they are so confident in their skin that nobody wears anything but tinted sunscreen. But if, if we haven't met yet and you're still wearing makeup, then I will often have patients just wipe their skin down very gentle and simple like with a, I don't know, like a Neutrogena makeup remover wipe or something like that. Just nothing crazy. You don't have to, I remember those old eighties commercials where they would rub their skin and show the cotton ball to the camera. Like that is not necessary. One quick wipe down, call it a day. Don't look back and then wash your face with your cleanser. Same gentle cleanser as the morning and Cetaphil. And really any of those really simple, less is more cleansers is the way to go. And then at this point, I would do moisturizer next, especially if you're new to retinoids, you put your moisturizer next. Again, my favorite simple drugstore one would be CeraVe PM. It's a light lotion moisturizer, especially for the season that we're entering. It's not particularly greasy. And then over that would go your retinoid. And you put a tiny pea size amount on the tip of your finger. You take your other finger and you make little tiny dots all over your skin. And then you blend those dots in. That's how a tiny little pea becomes evenly distributed on your face. When you first start a retinoid, you want to avoid around your eyes, around the corners of your nose. These are all places people tend to get irritated. Eventually we'll go right up to your eyeballs, but you got to kind of work your way up to it. And I love prescription retinoids for that, but you know, whatever, if you, if you're brand new to retinoids, you can start with an over-the-counter retinol product. Okay. Okay. Because one of the side effects of that is dry skin, right? And so dry skin irritation, you know, you're in Texas sunlight and and having issues with the sun are all, are all part of it being increased risk of burning. Um, But of course you're going to be so great about your sunscreen that won't matter (laughs) in the mornings, but using, using a retinoid properly is important. And retinoids are like a, a, also a less is more. So it's not like, I've heard retinoids are awesome. I'm going to like bathe in it. Like that's not how it works. That pea-sized amount is an actual amount. You don't, you don't want to really exceed it. You're using just a small amount. If you're super dry, do it every other day. Still too dry every third day. Work your way up to daily. Like make it a goal that you slowly, slowly work way up to daily. And if that's even still too irritating, there's other things we can do. Like sometimes I have patients actually put it on and wash it off when they're getting used to it at the beginning.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's okay, a good, that
0: is it. that's so
1: simple. You didn't hear me say vitamin C. You didn't hear me say this or that serum, right? None of it. You're blowing my mind. (laughs) Yeah, I am going to blow your mind. And the reason is this, I cannot express to you how many times a patient comes into my office and they say, oh, but I heard about this new serum with niacinamide and and like this. I'm like, okay. Or, hey, how about this vitamin C or how about this? Whatever. I'm like, are you wearing sunscreen? Do you use innately retinoid? It's like, well, yeah. Right? (laughs) No. You're to me. It's like asking me what kind of sprinkle should I put on my cupcake? Like you don't even have a cupcake. You didn't bake. You didn't put the. You didn't start the batter. Like (laughs) make the batter, bake the cake, and then we'll worry about like. Oh, I've done all of this stuff so perfectly. I've gotten my retinoid dose to the highest possible retinoid dose that I can handle over time. If you came to me and said I did all of this perfectly, I never forget my sunscreen. I've been slowly increasing my retinoid, so I'm the highest prescription strength, and my skin feels fine with it. Then I will talk to you about sprinkles, but I can't okay. tell a small percentage of people in my practice that actually is.
0: Okay. So we've got down our skincare regimen. Now, yeah. if we're looking at the year, you've already told me you don't like facials, you don't like microdermabrasion. <laughs> so tell me, what is your go to? What should we be investing our money in?
1: Okay. I love this. I'm sure to tell you about my current skincare regimen and what I do for myself. And so, in addition to the Botox, if lines at rest are bothersome to you. The other thing that I like is resurfacing lasers or some form of resurfacing. And I try not to give individual brand names of lasers because that also is really complicated. And each physician will have their own go-to thing that they use. So I think it's most important to find a dermatologist near you, a board certified dermatologist, and to let them know they're interested in helping to reverse sun damage and letting them choose the modalities that they're most comfortable with. So for myself, I like to do a type of resurfacing that uses a little pop of pressure, like I mentioned, under the skin that then causes your body to think that it's been injured and go try to heal that area of skin and create brand new collagen in the area. That's it's a picosecond laser, but there's a variety of ways you can do it. Microneedling. Now, microneedling is something that's been used in a variety of sort of spa-like settings also. That's a very different thing. So you go to a board certified dermatologist, the level of the microneedling is completely different. So, you know, microneedling, doing lasers such as fractal or fractionated lasers, use heat to create little areas of very controlled damage, your skin goes back and heals. So all of these things are basically designed to take sun damaged skin, create some sort of really careful injury to that skin that your body then goes and heals and creates brand new, healthy skin. So those are the types of procedures I like to do for myself. And I tend to do them once a month for about three to four months as like the initial amount that I do. And then sometimes I'll do like a couple of times a year thereafter, but it's really just wonderful to kind of reset your skin. And so that's something that I do. And then for anything that I want in terms of skin tightening. So I like to refer to it as like the snapback of your skin. Like when you pull your skin away from your, you know, from your bones and you let it go, like how quickly does it snap back? And so we're improving the elastic tissue, and also some of the deeper areas of the skin with that and the fascial layers. And so, for that, there's a, again a variety of modalities that you can use. There's um, technology that uses ultrasound, there's technology that uses radio frequency. And so, again, it's less important to say pick this one device with radio frequency versus another because I actually don't think it matters. I think the best device is the one that your board certified dermatologist is comfortable with. But I think if that is the most important thing to you, is sort of the lift of the skin, then using one of those devices is the way to go. Now, to me, that comes after having really healthy skin. Now, notice that in what I just said right now, I didn't say filler as an anti-aging thing that I do. And people throw Botox and filler together all the time. To me, filler is not an anti-aging strategy. You can take someone who has skin that's been very sun damaged, the collagen is breaking down, the skin is much looser than it used to be, it's thinner, it doesn't have the same integrity it used to have. And yes, you could theoretically grab lots and lots of filler and fill the face until the skin is taut again, right? But to me, that is not the strategy. The plan is to make that skin as healthy as it can be to start to thicken it by increasing its collagen to helping reverse that sun damage, to treating it kindly to putting moisturizers and really taking care of your skin so you have the best skin possible. And then if there's issues of volume loss that you feel like you need to, you know, there's areas that you need, it, then you can do thoughtfully place minimal amounts of filler which is not the same thing as using stringers and stringers and strangers of fillers to return volume. And why? so why am I saying this, but most places you, you don't hear this is because the person that you're going to doesn't have access to the other stuff. Okay. So you're going to someone who is making you do Botox and filler only because they don't have these very expensive lasers or the, the training to be able to do them. Now, here's the other issue with this difficulty is that when you go to a lot of these like regular many spas, some of these lasers sound like the lasers that I'm telling you, but they're not. So in New York City, where, I am, where I've where i been practicing, there's all sorts of little pop-up laser sort of areas, right? So what do I see from them? They either take a laser that's got a brand name to it that can be used really successfully and they underutilize it. They don't really do the full treatment. They just do it a tiny little bit because that way you can go tell your friends you got this brand name laser but they are, don't have the liability of potentially burning you because they've used it so lightly that it's not actually doing anything. So to me, there's not really a value in going to see that because you're spending money that might be less expensive than a board-certified dermatologist, but you're not actually getting much for it. You know, You're getting the bare minimum. Whereas the same treatments in the hand of someone that really knows how to use the technology and, and push it to the point where it's still safe but effective, you're gonna get something a lot more effective out of it, which to me is just absolutely the way to go. The other alternative, which is actually frankly scarier, is that they don't know the limits. And they push the laser to a limit that they don't understand or use it in someone that's an inappropriate person. And we all the time see terrible burns. So then you know, that literally can become so terribly scarring that it is life altering and there's no coming back from it. So the number one takeaway for me is to make sure that you're seeing someone very qualified who has a reputable, you know, board certified dermatologist, a reputable practice and, and really trust them to help guide you with the ideas that I'm giving you of doing things that are fundamentally healthy and nice for your skin which is the things that I've been kind of mentioning today.
0: I love it. So just to recap that we've Mm -hmm. got great skincare, right. That you outlined for us so beautifully made it simple. It doesn't have to be fancy and expensive. If you were going to spend money on one product in your skincare regimen, where's the most bang for your buck? Is it moisturizer,
1: sunscreen? it's really not necessary anywhere. Okay. So it's really not necessary anywhere. That's the honest truth. So and what do I mean by that? So sunscreens can, when they're really, really cheapy sunscreens, you know, the kind that smell like coconuts, <laughs> they don't feel as nice, right? So they don't feel as nice in your skin and your face isn't going to feel as nice. Or it's going to get greasy halfway through the day, or it's just not going to make your skin look as good. So actually I think it's important to spend a little money there, but not too much. It's like that beautiful zone. And why? Because that little bit of money that you're spending on your sunscreen, it's going to make it feel good to put your sunscreen on. And if it feels good to put your sunscreen on, you're much more likely to do it, which is the thing I actually care about, right? But if when you put your sunscreen on, you look better than when you don't put your sunscreen on, terrific, right? And that's actually how I feel about some of the beautiful tinted sunscreens that are out there. There's a brand called Elta, makes the one called Elta MD Elements that I really love. Like I said, the La Roche-Posay mineral tinted I love. So these are more expensive than the cheapest sunscreens, But they're not so expensive. They're all like in the $30 to $40 range. So why do I like that range? Because it gives you something really great, but it's not precious, right? If you go get yourself a very fancy, precious sunscreen, we are all human. You use a tiny little bit of it and you try to stretch it and you don't let anyone else look at it and your kids don't get it. And you're super, super precious about it. And to me, that's a terrible way to go too. I don't want you to be precious about it. I want you to slather it on and use it again and again and put it up to your hairline and use it everywhere that you need it. Toss it on the back of your hands to keep that from aging. Like, I want you to use it. So, to me, that sort of range where it's not the super cheapy stuff, you know, but it's also not the super expensive, it would be a lovely place to spend a little money.
0: Okay. So, I didn't hear you mention in the skincare regimen the eye serums. I didn't hear you mention a night cream. Or, like, actually, you said you would use the same night cream for morning and evening, like, keep it simple. You don't need two separate lotions.
1: You don't need to two separate lotions unless you're someone that's really exceptionally dry, in which case you might want to see your dermatologist because some people have conditions like eczema or, th- or have a tightness from rosacea and they, don't, they call it dryness, but it actually has an underlying reason that can be treated. But for most people just using it, first off, you don't have to moisturize. It's like a, you do not have, that is not necessary. Yeah. So if your skin is not dry and you look amazing the way you are and you're walking around feeling great about yourself, then you do not need to go out and get a moisturizer unless you feel, you know, unless you feel like it's necessary. If you're starting a retinoid, you probably want to add in a moisturizer at the beginning because it will help you get through the dryness that's associated with it. But if you're walking around today and you're not using a sunscreen, then like you need to stop what you're doing and make that happen tomorrow, right? So I don't feel the same way about moisturizer. It's helpful for you. It's not going to alter your life. I did not mention eye creams. Do I think eye creams are important? They're also a sprinkle. Right. If the feeling of purchasing this eye cream and using the slightly thicker eye cream under your eye feels nice to you, then it's not harmful to use it. Feel free. Like, sure. Like, some people enjoy that aspect of self care, you know? But do I think it's necessary? No. Do I think you're any worse off for not using it? Absolutely not. And patients that come into my office with bags full of, like, you know, Sephora supplies it was like, but it's fun, right? Massages are fun. Traveling is fun. Dinners out are fun. So many other things to spend your money on. Like, I don't think you need to spend it on like every product that you get a sample of. So yeah, eye creams are fine if you like to use them, but not necessary.
0: Okay. So you're telling me I don't need to go spend a couple of hundred dollars on my cleanser and moisturizer and night cream and eye cream.
1: Yeah. You can just get a gentle, simple cleanser. You can just get yourself a gentle, simple moisturizer. Like this, like I said, the CeraVe PM is nice. There's plenty of nice ones. La Roche has a couple of nice ones. Alta has nice ones. Just get one that you like and that's it. There's no need to spend crazy amounts of money. There is nothing magic in like La Mer or like one of those. There's not, there is nothing there. It's branding. It's marketing. There's nothing special. Wow. Okay. If you spend $300 on a cream, you are going to convince yourself that it worked. Of it is human nature. You are going to convince yourself that it worked, because otherwise you have to, you know, you got you got egg on your face. So you have to. People <laughs> will convince themselves. So I'm telling you, there's nothing different from lamera than the forty dollar moisturizer.
0: Okay, so we've got our skincare regimen, and then you said if you're bothered by your wrinkles at rest, do your Botox. Yeah. See a board certified OB or sorry, maybe just the world. See a board certified dermatologist for your resurfacing with your laser and it's whatever they're comfortable with essentially there's not yeah. one necessary So there, like brand. I said
1: several modalities like yeah. uh, uh, microneedling is not a laser let me be clear about that but there's several ways to resurface one skin from things like microneedling to things like fractional lasers one example is Fraxel to things like the pico laser that I mentioned the one I use pico but like you know a pico laser there's a variety of ways to do it, but all of these different ways to build collagen in the skin.
0: Right, okay. And then skin tightening.
1: Mm -hmm. And skin tightening is, we're getting to the icing of that cupcake. You know, we're not sprinkles. we're not the cupcake. Everything else is the cupcake. So skin tightening is if you've done all of this and you're feeling like I've done all of this stuff, the skin quality itself is lovely, but I wish that it were all just hanging on to my bones a little better. You know, yeah. then the next step is to do some skin tightening and examples of that. are if you've heard of things like all therapy or microneedling with radio frequency, those are all things that you are skin tightening procedures. Again, those are, we're getting riskier. So all in a board certified dermatology's hands, dermatologist hands. And then what all of that is said and done, and you're doing completely awesomely, you can use thoughtfully placed small amounts of filler to improve your cosmetic outcomes. But that is to me, not an anti-aging strategy. Okay. Awesome. Okay.
0: Thank you for recapping that. Yeah. All right. I know that part of your mission of Joyful Dermatology is changing the conversation around beauty and changing the way that we talk to ourselves. So let's get into that.
1: Yeah, please. This is my, like my passion in life. And a lot of it was born of a couple of things. One of them is in my office in the city in Manhattan. I would say, and I'm making up these numbers, but I would say easily between 80 to 90% of female patients that came into my office apologized for something during like their skin checks and things. Like they would say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. My legs are hairy. Oh no, I'm so sorry. I didn't do my nails. Oh, I'm so sorry. My I my don't have a pedicure. I mean, just something. Oh, I'm so sweaty. Right. It just was so noticeable, like patient after patient after patient. And I would say, there's no, you know, no. And I started off giving a little speech and my nurse would go, we do not have time for this. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, okay. So instead I would make a little joke, like, oh, you should see my legs or something like that. Right. But it would strike me every time that these really awesome, really powerful women are just feeling like just super apologetic for something. Right. And then I cannot recall a time a male patient apologized for something So I'm like literally checking like 80, 90% of the time to like zero. I cannot think of a time where a male patient apologized. I've been racking my brain for it. Can't think of one. They come in sweaty, they come in hairy, they come in all sorts of things and they they just lay down and do their skin check. Like there's just no, nothing there. So I've always felt like, what would it be like to like remove this burden from women's heads of like this, you know, the self-critical voice. And there's so many arenas where we talk about it, but I see it particularly in my field, or I see it also in my field. And so, you know, I just, I, I was like, what would happen if we just didn't speak to ourselves that way? It would just really radically change the way women think about themselves. And so that's really what I've been sort of focusing on. And it's a really tough thing to do. You know, I just did a challenge on my social media. I'm at Joyful Derm on Instagram. And I did a challenge where I asked women to post a photo of themselves when they felt beautiful, knowing that this was going to be tricky. So I posted a very imperfect picture of myself. I didn't mask behind my children. A lot of people, a lot of women, will only post with their kids. Cause they're like, look at the cute ones in front of me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Right. So it was just myself and a chicken and I posted the photo. And then I asked my, I asked, you know, people to post a photo themselves. And I cannot tell you how many stressed out and angsty messages I received being like, I can't do it. And I'm like, what do you mean? You can't do it. You can't post a photo. And they're like, no, 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 no. And I say, but you are, you're posting photos of yourself on Instagram. I'm like, but I can't do it and say that I'm beautiful in the photo. And it's shocking to me a little bit. Like, you know, it's not shocking. I know that this is what happens. And and honestly, we're not at fault for it. It's literally the messaging that we receive that there's something wrong with you and that you're fixing it
0: absolutely yeah. we we find it in this the beauty industry we find it in the sexual wellness industry yeah. especially for women yeah. yeah it is rampant yes
1: They have to they have to sell you the idea that something is wrong for you to fix it right yeah. and so even in really well respected derms that i love deeply a female well respected dermatologist i will see a ad that tells you to you know get your swimsuit body back right and I'm like, no, like you have not gotten the message that like literally wearing a swimsuit gives you a swimsuit body. It literally takes one breath. You just put the swimsuit on your body and ta-da, you have a swimsuit body. So I can't get behind that messaging. I can't make you feel bad to make you feel better because the truth is I don't feel like I need to. And that's what I'm trying to do because in my world, like for example, if you are dying your hair, right? And you like your hair to not be white, or you like to paint your nails because it's fun to have pink nails or you shave before you jump into a pool because that's just important to you, right? We could say that it's the patriarchy that is forcing you to shave your legs, but maybe we're all far gone for that. And some of us just want to Now, at this point, whatever the underlying reason, I want my leg shaved before I jump in a pool. Sure you can do all of these things for yourself. You can do things for your skin. You can do things for your nails. You can take care of your hair. And it can happen from a place of joy. It can happen from a place of, wouldn't it be fun if I took care of this? Or wouldn't it be nice? Or wouldn't it be a, a way to honor myself? As opposed to it coming from, oh my God, I'm hideous. My legs aren't shaved. Oh my God, my nails are disgusting to hear. Oh my God, my, don't look at my hair. Oh my God, don't look at my skin. People will say to me as a dermatologist. And I'm like, why? You look beautiful. You can want to do things with me and not hate your skin, right? right. Like They're, not, they're, they're totally mutually exclusive. And so I'm trying to uncouple that. And then by the way, there's the, the counter shame that happens where I have a woman that comes in and she has like a really high powered, amazing job. And she comes in and sits down and she goes, Hey, I just, I feel weird because I feel like I'm not like a Botox person, but like, I kind of want, I don't know. Uh, uh, I mean, is everyone doing it? Like, should I, I don't know, but I don't like these wrinkles, but is it weird that I feel this way? And where is the shame in that? Right. Like, do women go to their hair salon in a panic that maybe they're being too shallow? Like for getting their hair, hair cut? I wanted to get my hair cut, but I don't know. Is it shallow to think of myself in that way? Well, no. You just go to the hair salon, you get your hair cut and colored, you walk out, you feel like a million bucks. But so why does my industry not make you feel that way? Why do you come in angsty and leave uncertain, right? Mm-hmm. What if you come to my practice and feel amazing to start? and feel even more amazing when you walk out of it. So I feel it's a little radical, but I feel like it's possible. I've had people say to me, you know, like when I've looked at your Instagram, like, how are you going to sell anything? You know, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I really firmly believe that I do. And I will. And I've never, ever used shame to get someone to do something. I think it's important.
0: It's so important. This is it is radical in your industry and I love it. I mean, I'm taking notes over here, friends. (laughs) This is good stuff. And I know you're, I mean, I'm a boy mom. I want to be natural and beautiful for them because they don't want to wait around on mom doing makeup or they're asking, Why are you doing that? Like they think mom's beautiful without it, but like I don't feel put together without it, right? And so you're raising girls. So I I get why your message is even more keen, right? Because you're like, I'm an example to them.
1: Right. And it's inextricable from them. It really is. Like I have three daughters and my eight-year-old, she's sorry, she's nine now. She'd hate that I said that. My (laughs) nine-year-old was looking through my Instagram yesterday, you know? And there's nothing on my Instagram that would be like, oh, give me the phone back. Not one thing, right? That I would not want my nine-year-old daughter to see. In fact, I see kids in this office in a very purposeful way, because I'm like, if they're being exposed to imaging, it's my imaging I want them exposed to right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to block children from this because, you know, 12 year olds are seeing things on TikTok. I would rather they see what's in my practice and have, see, you know, a healthy relationship with your, with your self-image. And so my, my daughter's being around has been a huge thing in creating the practice and it's who I, it's what I want them to feel. And when you said about makeup, like, so I get, am I high maintenance or low maintenance, right? We always have these these conversations. I get Botox, I laser my face, right? But I leave my house every single day by just throwing tinted sunscreen on my face and walking out the door. And I feel like a million bucks, right? I don't wear makeup at all, zero. I don't wear makeup in the office because I want patients to see my skin. So that is how I do it. So which one's higher maintenance or which one is being more fussy? I don't know. There is no answer to that. And it doesn't even matter. I don't want anyone to judge themselves. If you want to wear makeup, wear it because it's fun for you. Don't wear it because you're covering anything up. That's That's my hope for my patients, that they will feel awesome whether or not they're made up and that makeup becomes a fun tool It's something to experiment with and enjoy. Like I give my kids little makeup kits to play, but I would never, ever want them to feel like they can't leave their house without it on.
0: Yes. Yes. Because there are some women who will get up and put their makeup on before their spouse even sees
1: them. Yes. But this is all meant to be fun. Like, you know, and it's hard. We have been trained. I actually literally, I do not blame us. We have all been trained to think that we are imperfect, to think that we are far away from the ideal and it's all nonsense. And in my Manhattan practice, we saw tons and tons and tons of models and tons and tons of actresses and Broadway actresses. And that 80 to 90% rule that I gave you applies to them also. It's not like this sports illustrated model comes into my office and is feeling like a million bucks. They're also feeling apologetic. So it is just a universal female situation that I'm really hoping to change. We're all in this together, sisters. Yes, absolutely. But we're all working on our little corners. That's right.
0: Okay. So what do you you want the biggest takeaway to be from those who are listening today?
1: I think I've given a few big ones that I think are important. And one of them is I want you to see a board certified dermatologist for your skincare needs. Don't feel rushed. There is no rush in anything. Be really intelligent about what you do next. Research people. Think about things. There is no rush for anything. Nothing about you needs fixing. That is one of my lines, and it's really true. Nothing about you needs fixing. There is no rush for anything. But when you do see someone see a board certified dermatologist, I want you to be really smart about the messaging that you're receiving and think to yourself... No, I'm not going to listen to this. I'm perfect just the way I am, and I'm going to choose this for myself. And it's use it as a mantra and do it over and over again until you kind of see what you're doing. And lastly, like wear that sunscreen. <laughs> it's really serious. Everything else that I've said is useless if you don't listen to that point. Really useless. And this also, I have to tell you, feels particularly um, important because if you've seen all of the Gwyneth Paltrow videos going around, if anyone's on social media, Gwyneth Paltrow did a video where she stated that she puts sunscreen on as a highlighter only in her most sun hit areas. And that is absolutely nuts. You should be putting your sunscreen on uh, all over your face and neck and elsewhere if needed for uh, exposure. But cosmetically, there is no single more important thing that you can do. You will reverse everything else that I talked about if you don't use it. I
0: love it. Okay. So first I want you to tell everyone where they can find you.
1: I am at joyful derm on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube channel coming soon. And my practice is Joyful Dermatology based in Dobbs Ferry, New York. So if you're ever visiting the city, come and visit. So
0: exciting. And your office opens in April. Is that right?
1: Yeah, it's slowly opening now. We're just finishing permitting and build outs, but um, the new office will be open any day now. And it's really beautiful and it's on the banks of the Hudson River and it's just going to be awesome. I'm just so excited to see where joyful leads us, you know, and what we can do with it and all the women, you know, and half of the space is an event space. And I just can't wait to kind of see what we can do for women in that space.
0: Fantastic. Well, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you and I'm sure you're blowing all of our minds and simplifying (laughs) our whole thought process when it comes to skincare. I want to challenge everybody to go and do your Instagram challenge where they post a picture of themselves where they feel beautiful and tag at Joyful Derm.
1: Yes, I would absolutely love that. And I will share your, I would, I would share it. I want to celebrate you. I want to celebrate what's beautiful about you. And if you are finding it really difficult to call yourself beautiful and do a challenge like that, I really ask you to try to think about why that is and just do it anyway. It's the first step. Just do it before you're ready. Before you're ready to call yourself beautiful, do it. And we'll get you to the point where you really feel that way.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Akavan.
1: It's been thank a pleasure. You so, so fun to talk to you.
0: All right, Sky community. Thank you for listening to another episode. This episode was sponsored by Sky Women's Health. As a reminder, we're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and we help relieve back pain and pelvic pain in pregnancy and beyond. If you are pregnant and having pain and you feel like you have no reliable way to relieve it, look us up at skywomenshealth.com, request an appointment, and we'll call to get you scheduled. As a board-certified ob with a Neuromusculoskeletal Medicine Fellowship, I help you realign with hands-on drug-free treatment and relieve pain on the spot without medication. We'll help you maintain these results through your pregnancy and postpartum period every pregnant person deserves this. And we are so excited to serve you. You can find us on our website as mentioned, or on social at Sky Women's Health, or you can call the office at 817-915-9803. That's it for today. Until next week, be well.